the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mentolo has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelo. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Today we're continuing in our series entitled Vote by Faith. The November elections are coming up, and it's absolutely critical that everyone who calls themselves a Christian participate. Let me repeat that. If you call yourself a Christian, you must vote. Either Christians will shape the world, making it look more like the kingdom of God, or the world will shape us, making this world look like a zoo run by animals. Without a doubt, to allow the world to do more shaping is to desert our children leaving them to the wolves. It's that simple, it's that dire, and it's that far-reaching. And with us to talk about this important topic and how important it is for Christians to vote is Ms. Bunny Pounds, founder and president of Christians Engaged, a statewide nonpartisan ministry which awakens, motivates, educates, and empowers believers in Jesus Christ to pray for their nation and their elected officials regularly and to vote in every election. And the reason, as their website says, is to impact their culture. Bunny, welcome. It's wonderful to be with you, Richard. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Friends, as always, I'm joined by my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo. And so happy to be here talking about this important subject. And Bunny, welcome. Glad you're with us. Yeah, the intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield. And we can't step away from that intersection, not in any way. And we're going to talk about that today as regards politics. But first, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for this nation, this beautiful, blessed beacon of Christian freedom which lights the whole world. We pray in thanks and resolve for the opportunity we have as Christian Americans to come together to exert political influence. 
May our strength be recognized with a landslide of participation, and may your will be done through us, such that the words of the Bible ring in every election, for every man or woman, shaping our courts, our markets, and our schools. Father, we pray that we who call ourselves Christians not forfeit our amazing opportunity to shape the political process, that hope, prosperity, and justice shine brightly into every dark place. Finally, Lord, we pray that everyone who hears today be encouraged to wield the sword of the Spirit at the ballot box, that no stone be left unturned as we strive to do your will in every area of our lives. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Bunny, welcome. Thank you so much for being with us today. I am super excited to be with you guys, and thank you so much, Richard, for your service to our great land. Amen. Uh, I do love the United States of America, and it has been my honor to serve. And sometimes it's not cool to say, but I must say it. Serving is one of the things I like most about myself. So, as you serve here with Christians Engaged, tell us, please, how it came into being. Yeah, well, this is we are a civic engagement discipleship ministry. Um, we help Christians um, learn about praying for their elected official, their city, state, and nation, voting in every election, and engaging um, their heart and with education and involvement for the sake of our nation. Um, this ministry was birthed out of 16 years of me being involved in politics and government. I've run congressional campaigns for members of Congress, and then I had a consulting firm from 2015 to 2018 where I helped um, people in county, state, and federal government run for office, um, specifically Christians, most of them. Um, And then I ran for Congress in 2018. I was the only woman in Texas to make it to the runoff ballot that year out of the six open seats in Texas. And, you know, I came very close. Thank God I did not win. I'm actually happy now. But out of that journey, I discovered that Christians were very passionate about a Christian woman that understood federal public policy running for Congress. But they didn't know what the process was of a primary, a runoff, and just didn't have the practical civic engagement education that they needed. And it was not a commitment in their heart to vote in every election. And that's when I discovered we need to create a ministry to motivate and empower people to do that part of their Christian life as believers in America. Well, that's fantastic. And I hear what you're saying about how you are glad that it didn't your political career didn't work out and as i look back on my life and i think about all the ways god has moved me around the battlefield you know at the time they weren't all what i was hoping for or thinking about but if we just stay engaged and uh keep looking to him he he puts us where he wants us and then you look back and you say thank you god for everything exactly as it is well they're always his plans are always better than we could ever imagine just amazing now um, it's amazing when i look back just how god led all of this and i could have much more of an impact mobilizing christians than i can being one vote in the mem- as a member of congress wow uh yeah that is very powerful so tell us uh how does the process work? 
Well, we've created a couple things, um, really stepped into a big space within the body of Christ. We have just created the first um, get-out-the-vote system for people in all 50 states who love Jesus to vote in every election. What we discovered in Texas, we've been in over 110 churches in Texas and Pennsylvania now. And at the end of those services or those interactions with Christians um, across the state, we ask people to take our pledge to pray, vote, and engage. Pray for five minutes for their government a week. I know that sounds like a lot. (laughs) But stop and pause and pray for your elected officials in your nation. Vote in every election and start educating yourselves on the process. And we discovered um, through our get off the vote effort, we have we send four texts and four emails around every election with a nonpartisan Christian guide to print off your ballot, research your ballot, and go to the ballot box, um, you know, with the tools that you need to vote your biblical values. Seventy-one percent of our pledge takers in Texas voted in the Texas primary, and that's when we knew we had a winning. Um, formula, so to speak. And so we, within a church software system, have now built out a get out the vote effort for all 50 states. So people all over the country can take our pledge on our website to pray, vote, and engage. And we will actually push them out to vote for their local elections, their primaries, constitutional amendment elections, every major election in their state, which is a huge win for the body of Christ to be able to have a resource like that. And then we're also pushing them to our on-demand video curriculum, where we actually teach people how to engage in the political process from a kingdom perspective. Well, I heard a couple things in there, uh, one of which is, why does it take so much work to get a Christian man or woman of voting age to do their civic duty? That is such a great question. Um, number one answer is apathy. <laughs> I don't know about you, Richard and Christy, but you know, I just re- am rewatching the miniseries John Adams from many years ago, and just reflecting again on how the founders and the people of our nation, you know, two hundred and forty, you know, five years ago lived and how they functioned and so often we are just so complacent based on all the blessings we've received we just don't think some of it is apathy related to we don't think that what we do at the ballot box matters or that we can make a difference but those things are absolute lies um we here in texas uh, those of your listeners are listening in texas we had a, a congressional race Um, decided in a primary by like 45 votes um, not too long ago. We have state rep races um, decided by 11 or 12 or 25 votes in a runoff or in a primary. Um, I had a a, a mayor in Kaufman County, Kaufman, Texas, a while back that was elected by one vote. (laughs) One vote can make a difference. And we forget that so often. But I like to share about my city in Garland, Texas. We have 250,000 people in Garland. It's a suburb of Dallas-Fort Worth. And we had a mayoral election in 2018 with three people running and only 5,400 people voted. That's 1.2% of the population. 
And one megachurch of 2,000 people in my city could have taken that one city election. They could have put in their associate pastor as the mayor if they wanted to, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, so the a, that's amazing. The church is so underestimated. What we can do as believers, um, but unfortunately, we are just not valuing what God's given us, really, what it comes down to. We're not taking the responsibility of being salt and light in our communities um, seriously enough when it comes to our civic duties in voting by itself, let alone engaging with our elected officials and our government. You know, something that I think about a lot is people think that history happens in chapters and in decades and in hundreds of years across thousands of miles in uh, some automatic way. But having been in combat, what I can tell you is that history happens one person at a time, in one place, at the tactical level. So you make these great strategic plans, for example, the invasion of Normandy. But that battle was won when individual men landed on the beach and individually fought in a small little place. And I think about that a lot because as Christians, we have this opportunity to engage in these tiny little places, not across decades, but across seconds and minutes, where we shine the light into the dark places that God takes us. And so, friends, what I hope you're going to hear and what I hope you're hearing is that you matter and the good that you can do matters. Stay with us. We're going to talk with Bunny Pounds when we come back. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in the upcoming election. Access a helpful voter hub on myfaithvotes.org and plan to vote your faith on November 8th. Vote your faith on November 8th and stand united for Christ. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are talking about the opportunity that we have in the political process. And there is a larger portion of the world who, which enjoys the political process and the right to participate than many realize. And so to address that, as I was saying before the break, we have an amazing individual opportunity at the local level when empowered by Christ, we decide to act. 
And Christy has a great uh, quote about that from Abraham Lincoln. Yes, Lincoln. Let's Love hear him. it. And it's from uh, The Wit and Wisdom of Abraham Lincoln, a book of quotations. And I think it just fits beautifully what we're talking about here. What constitutes the bulwark of our own liberty and independence? Our reliance is in the love of liberty which God has planted in our bosoms. Our defense is in the preservation of the spirit which prizes liberty as the heritage of all men in all lands everywhere. Destroy this spirit and you have planted the seeds of despotism around your own doors. Familiarize yourself with the chains of bondage and you are preparing your own limbs to wear them. Wow. We've seen a lot in recent times about people being familiarized with the chains of bondage. Oh, yeah. And as I said a couple of shows ago, talking about POW school where I went for training, we were taught that it's in the little things that you ultimately forfeit your freedom because by the little things you're conditioned to acquiesce, to be apathetic, to seek comfort more than you do the opportunity that you have to be decisive in this battle. So, Bunny, we're talking about the individual opportunity that people have and how important it is considering you know of an election where the uh, it was decided by one vote. One vote. That, like, so powerful. I mean, yeah. it really, your vote does count. So uh, tell us more about that, please. Well, we've just discovered that, you know, Christians just need a little bit of motivation, but this should be part of our discipleship. You know, I hear pastors all the time telling public school teachers to take Jesus into their their classrooms, right? We hear pastors talking to businessmen and women about making sure that they're taking Jesus to their company, uh, being a, a Christian that lives out their faith. But how many times do we hear pastors talking about taking God into our government and our civic duties? Very rarely. And it should be, as an American, we have been given a gift by our founders. We've been given a gift in our Constitution um, to that we have a voice. We have a process that we get to have a part of this. And our republic is something that we have to keep, right? Um, and it's, so we have to consider, as believers, we have even a greater mandate from the Lord to be on top of this and to be thinking about what we're electing. Uh, the book of Proverbs says, when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. When the people, when the wicked rule, the people groan. There's a direct reaction, even in our souls and our bodies, with who are our leaders. And once we understand that, then all we need is a little bit of education and motivation. So that's Christians Engage was birthed, was to create that in a a weekly email, a weekly prayer prompt, um, motivations to make sure people are registered to vote, voting in every election. So you'll never forget an election again, but you'll also have the tools to research and figure out how do I choose between imperfect people? Because I wish Jesus was on the ballot, but he's not. We have to pick between people that are imperfect and not always completely godly, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that takes the sermon and wisdom that we have to have. Yeah, um, I, I'm hearing what you're saying. A lot of times people don't want to participate in the process because they think it's so flawed and the people are so flawed. That thinking 
is actually perverse because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so since we've all sinned, since this is a fallen world, why do we expect our government and our electoral process to be perfect? So when we accept that it's not perfect, then we say, okay, I'm going to function in it, even though I know it's not perfect. Let me, uh, let me say this to our audience. Combat's not perfect. Imagine the fact that I spent two years of my life in Iraq and Afghanistan, and then we just walk out of Afghanistan like it's nothing. And so should I now sit back and say that things are wasted? And I refuse to do that because that's not how it works. You get in the fight. You do what you can, where you are with what you have. You make your best contribution prayerfully based on the Bible. And then you go on about your life and you let God and the Holy Spirit control the various outcomes. So, Bunny, I'm curious. I've mentioned education and motivation, and I, I love education. And so I'm wondering, uh, how does your organization help people become educated about this process and the party platforms, the candidates, et cetera? Well, when they take, when you take the pledge to pray, vote, and engage, you're going to get um, weekly prayer prompts. You're also going to get a, a guide for each election. Right now, with the midterms coming up, we have a five-point guide of how to research the party platforms, how to discover who to vote for as far as parties, how to choose um, and how to print off your ballot, research that ballot. Um, our friends at iVoter Guide, Transparency USA, all the different resources that we know of to help people um, actually choose, make those choices at the ballot box. Then to get any further into the weeds, we like to really empower Christians, and we believe there is an awakening church right now that's waking up that they have to get involved with government. We want to educate individual Christians and families on how to get involved with their elected officials, how to advocate in their state houses on the legislation that they care about, how to, you know, pray for their elected officials, but also hold them accountable, issues from a biblical perspective, the First Amendment. There's so many things. So we've built a curriculum called our On-Ramp and Civic Engagement Seminar. It's almost seven hours. We've had 1,500 people take this class already, either in, live in churches or online, and it's really well produced. People will be just um, really blessed by this curriculum as they go through even how to guard your heart and how to walk as a Christian in the political movement. We also have a great curriculum that's releasing in December called How to Be Salt and Light in Our Local Communities, where we drill down to local government, county, city, school board, why you should care about the Chamber of Commerce and the Rotary Club in your area, but really how to get the church out of the building. Um, so that, along with all of our free resources, like our podcast, our Bible study, hundreds of articles, um, we are trying to empower the body of Christ right now in this hour that they have to get involved with government. Okay. Um, are you thinking the same question I am? I don't know. What is the question? <laughs> uh, please start, Bunny. What's the first website somebody should go to to uh, start getting involved. Yeah. How should they access all these resources? Yeah. Everything is at christiansengaged.org. That's Christians with an S, engaged with a D, dot org. 
And the first place to get involved with our our ministry is to take the pledge. You'll see that all over the home page, or you can go to the take the pledge page, and that will get uh, get you into our get out the vote system, and you'll get our weekly email with our resources. And then check out our classes, check out our events. Um, we just have a lot going on, um, specifically in Texas and Pennsylvania, where we have great crowds, but also we're building around the country now, and it's exciting to see what God's doing. Mm, so exciting. I can't wait to get engaged. Amen. <laughs> so important, I think, about our vote as combat power, our ability to lean on the world around us. And I can't imagine not doing that. And so there's not a conversation I'm going to step away from when I have an opportunity to speak Jesus. And I think the same is true wherever you are, whether it's a work conversation, a political conversation, a school board conversation. You bring up a great point there because, friends, you can't make this stuff up. This is a fallen and perverse world, and all you have to do is look at the news to see how that perversity has found its way into absolutely everything. And so there is no place that we do not have a mandate to go, and there is no uh, combat power that we can spare because the devil's not sparing any. What do you think about that, Bunny? Absolutely. I mean, we have a group of leaders down in Victoria, Texas, that, you know, started waking up, started getting involved with us, and then all of a sudden discovered that there was all these materials in their public library that was actually pushing multiple genders, um, transgenderism, and other things onto their kids and grandkids. And so they've now, after a year of fighting, um, have got the city council to actually change over every single advisory member on the, the library commission in their local city um, to get these materials out. And it's been a huge victory and people can make an impact in their local communities, unlike any other place in the country. Well, you know, friends, the thing that always comes to mind when I think about apathy is the Holocaust. If you ask yourself how that little Hitler, that satanic little man, was able to bring the entire world to war and put millions and millions to death. It came from apathy. It came from people thinking it'll never happen here, and we can't make that mistake. If you love your children, vote. Everything won't go your way, but when it doesn't, it won't be because you did nothing. And there's a quote by Edmund Burke that I have always loved, and it says, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is that good men do nothing. So friends, doing nothing is not an option. Stay with us. We're going to talk more with Miss Bunny Pounds of Christians Engaged when we come back. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. 
Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She is the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are in our month of voting series, talking about voting by faith. And today we're talking with Miss Bunny Pounds of ChristiansEngage.org. And she has a mission to empower Christians, to educate Christians, and to connect Christians in the voting process. And right before we went to break, Christy uh, had a great quote earlier, Abraham Lincoln. And then when we went to break, I had a quote from Edmund Burke saying, The only thing necessary for evil to triumph is that good men do nothing. And I got another quote for you since I'm on a roll. This one is Eddie, Ro- uh, Eddie Roosevelt. <laughs> Eddie Roosevelt. Wouldn't you just gave him a new name. Eddie Van Halen. Oh, no, that's it's a not, whole different It's show. neither Eddie Roosevelt <laughs> nor Eddie Van Halen. And the producer, Mike, is laughing. It's actually, well, I was, I was going to make another joke and say Teddy Van Halen, but it's not. It's Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> You're right. just keeping us guessing here today. Okay. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt. And he said something which would probably not be believable to most people, but having been in combat, I will tell you it's absolutely the way things work. And he said this, In any moment of decision, the best thing you can do is the right thing. The next best thing is the wrong thing. And the worst thing you can do is nothing. And if that sounds kind of uh, counterintuitive, it's because we can't give the enemy the initiative. You've got to maintain momentum. You've got to maintain the press. Otherwise, uh, who knows what will happen. And uh, once people are moving, then you can direct that in the right direction. And 
The reason why it's so important is because the devil and his minions are in absolutely every nook and cranny of this world. For example, here you have Bunny forming this organization, Christians Engaged, to get Christians into the voting process. And so what happens? The devil comes against them in a, uh, an appeal of their 501c3 status. So, Bunny, tell us a little bit about that, because I find it amazing. Yeah, well, we were about 18 months as a ministry. We were going around Texas, speaking in churches, encouraging people, and we got a letter from the IRS denying our tax-exempt status. Now, I was really shocked at this, and then I was really shocked when I read the letter. The letter said that we're denying your tax-exempt status because, quote, Bible teachings are typically affiliated with the Republican Party and candidates, end quote. (laughs) And that always brings shock when people hear that. Um, They went on to say, because you're teaching on the sanctity of life, biblical justice, debt, and taxation, and they went on on different issues, these are related to the Republican Party, and therefore you are not nonpartisan. Well, the issue that this brings up to every church and ministry in America, that the IRS would define Bible teachings as now partisan, um, brings a whole set of worms and problems to the church at large. (laughs) And um, I don't think I said this earlier, Richard, but my mandate from the Lord when we started Christians Engage was to go find the Awakening Church and plug them into habits of prayer, voting, and engagement. Well, all of a sudden, with this IRS case that our friends at First Liberty Institute took um, and filed an appeal, we saw the church start waking up. Um, people started praying around the country. We became a news story. We were on, I was on Fox News three times. We were the top story on Epic Times, um, Franklin Graham's Decision Magazine, Charisma Magazine, CBN News. I mean, you name it, we were on it. And people started calling their elected officials, their members of Congress, and saying, do something about this. And we had um, 11 or 12 strong members of Congress and senators say, not on our watch. They filed a letter to the IRS commissioner on our behalf saying, this cannot stand. And then we had people writing the IRS letters, and all this stuff was happening. And what happened was 21 days later, the IRS supervisor came back and said, we are sending you your tax exempt status. We are sorry. (laughs) Wow. And it was such a miracle of really what my mandate was from all along was to wake up the church. When the church wakes up and they do their part to engage with government, things happen. And it should be a very hopeful story for the, for all of us as people of faith, that the good guys win many times. Uh, a, a lot of times we just don't hear the victory stories, and I wish that was not the case. Well, uh, something Christy and I were talking about this morning, and friends, I want you to hear this, and it's not pretty. I worry that Christians want to be comfortable. I worry that we prize comfort over engagement and the opportunity that we have to change this world. At the intersection of faith and the secular world, there should be no comfort. You either move backward into comfort or forward into growth. 
And if we are ministering to a fallen world, how could we expect comfort? Jesus said, if they vilify me, they'll vilify you. And so why would we expect to have a comfortable life? Why would we want a comfortable life? Do you think when I was in Afghanistan, I was concerned with comfort? I wasn't. I was concerned with my mission. And what is the mission of a Christian? The mission of a Christian is to bring the gospel to those in darkness. So you're shining light in darkness. Is that going to be comfortable? No, but do your job. And so I think that in many ways, the church, the building down the street church, not the church of Jesus Christ, the building down the street has put on a spectacle on Sunday And it brings uh, Christians in by having a band with smoke on stage and all of this stuff. And big shock, the people it attracts want to be entertained. And I want things to be comfortable. I want better donuts in the lobby. I want coffee. And then I want to sit there and be entertained. And then I want to go home. Well, that's not what we do as Christians. I I couldn't agree with you more, Richard. (laughs) and, and, And friends, this is not to say we're bad people. And what it is to say is it's wake up. Go to christiansengaged.org and you will see that scripture on their website. Wake up. People are telling your children crazy things. If you seek comfort in your generation, what will you leave for the next generation? And so stand firm at the intersection of your faith and the secular world. And all these people who want to throw themselves off spiritual cliffs can do so, but make them go around you. And, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll have a sip of coffee. I'll be okay. (laughs) Um, So uh, uh, the world leaned forward and your tax-exempt status uh, was approved and now you are doing the work of God, and it's in the secular world that you're doing it, and it's in politics that you're doing it. So you said something in the first segment, which um, makes me ask this question. Why are pastors telling their congregations that politics is not a place for Christians? I don't know if they're saying it directly or they're they're saying it by their lack of conversation on it at all i mean we're just ignoring it and and so you have all these big news stories that happen things happen and there's no reference to it from the pulpit um my friend david barton says you know back in the colonial america the 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 revivalists of that day, the pastors of that day, always preached on what was happening in the newspaper. If it was the solar eclipse, they're going to preach off the solar eclipse and bring the gospel into that. Why? Because that's what people were thinking about. That's what people were um, meditating on. And so let's bring God into all those conversations. We're doing the exact opposite in the modern church. We're preaching about what God can give us, you know, our prosperity, our purposes, our destinies. We're not teaching our young people on anything that's happening in the culture or in the news. And so, therefore, unfortunately, church is becoming irrelevant for the younger generation. And it's a tragedy when we should be bringing Jesus into all those those places and be talking about all of it as a family and dialoguing about it and bringing the Bible in, uh, which leads to a whole other 
discussion on biblical illiteracy in the nation. <laughs> but we're not equipped, is what I'm saying, to go into government and politics. So we just we just don't even talk about it. They don't even acknowledge it. Well, now it's Richard. Yeah, now it's my turn to agree with you. Um, you said a couple of things. Church is becoming irrelevant. Church has become about telling Christians they're going to be okay. Church has become about ministering to Christians instead of Christians ministering to a fallen world. And so I understand that in any combat engagement, there will be casualties. And the church has a role in returning those casualties to the fight. And we must minister to our wounded. However, comma, (laughs) after that, after we return them to the fight, it's still about the fight. It's still about going to all nations and delivering the news of the gospel. And that's done with the Bible as a reference. Sounds like the church is running scared. Well, uh, I think that's part of it. What do you think, Bunny? I I like to say we are a intimacy with Jesus ministry disguised as a civic engagement ministry. And I, <laughs> I joke about that because... Um, at the end of the day, the problem with the body of Christ right now is we don't know God. Um, we're not going back to the simplicity of walking with Him and prayer, worship, and meditation on the Word of God. And so when the only 6% of American Christians read their Bible outside of a Sunday morning, or 3% of American Christians, that really 3% of Americans have ever read the Bible all the way through. Let's be clear here. That's stunning. That Christians then we've got a major uh, illiteracy problem as it relates to what truth is and what our worldview is and how we see things. And so before we can ever engage in politics or government, I've walked beside great members of Congress. I've walked beside weak members of Congress. I've walked beside um, lots of elected officials. But before I can ever have a voice in their life or give them anything of value, I better know Jesus. Amen. And better walk with him. And I think that is the biggest problem in our country right now. So whatever space of influence we're in, in business or education or media or we're a mom or we're a grandma, um, we better know Jesus in this hour. That's the most important thing. Amen. I love it. Friends, you're hearing the truth from Bunny Pounds, and we will be back with you after this break. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in the upcoming election. Access a helpful voter hub on MyFaithVotes.org and plan to vote your faith on November 8th. Vote your faith on November 8th and stand united for Christ. 
Friends, you're listening to Courageous Christianity, and that beautiful voice is Dave Bray USA. And you can hear Dave at DaveBrayUSA.com. He was our guest a few weeks ago, and he's graciously allowed us to use his music on the show. And that man has a heart for Jesus and this nation. He served as a corpsman in the Navy back with the Marines in the 90s. And... He is doing so much for our veterans and their families and first responders. And we're talking with Miss Bunny Pound about uh, voting, Christians being engaged. And right before we went to break, we were talking about how few Christians actually read their Bibles and about how everything we do comes from reading our Bible. And I was just talking with Christy this morning. I was out walking our dog, and we were texting back and forth. And I was telling her about something I just recently read in uh, Tozer. I love Tozer. And he was saying uh, that first we have to know God and the nature of God. Then we have to know what God thinks of us. And then we have to know Jesus. And the way that works is when we read the Bible, we learn about God and we learn about what sin means to him and and we learn about his righteousness. In that knowledge, we then look at ourselves and we see our sin honestly. And in seeing our sin honestly, we then turn to Jesus. And uh, in adoration and gratitude, we uh, understand the opportunity that we have. And then we bring that to bear on the world. And the place where you learn about God's from the Bible. So here's some uh, statistics for you. Uh, Bunny said that only 6% of Christians read the Bible outside of church. And we also know that only two out of every three Christians vote regularly. And so that is stunning to me. That would be like saying uh, only two out of every three Marines get in the fight and do their job. And so, uh, Bunny, as we move toward the end of the show here, what can you tell us about that? I think it proves that there's a direct relationship between how we live our lives based on what's happening inside of our souls. And, uh, again, I think the where we have to go right now as believers is we have to know that we need a great awakening and a revival in this nation. There is not going to be any change without spiritual renewal. And it really starts with our hearts and our souls. And I like to say, Richard, I want to be that burning fire that attracts people around me, not because of myself, but because I'm ablaze with the Holy Spirit and ablaze with, with Jesus and his word. And that's really where we need to come because our children and our grandchildren will not be affected with Jesus if Jesus is not alive in our own hearts. And I like to say, you know, when I'm an 80 or 90-year-old grandma sitting on my front porch of my East Texas home that I will have one day bass fishing, you know, I want tears running down my face as I'm reading the Word of God because Jesus is still alive to me and he is the only thing that really matters. And it's not going to be my, my testimony and my legacy is not going to be what important 
members of Congress did I walk with that I was endorsed by the Vice President of the United States when I ran for Congress, or I know all these important people, it's going to be that he had my heart. Jesus had my heart. And so I think all of us in this moment right now have to go back to that. We have to go back to where is our heart? Um, Where is our heart for God and where is our heart for our nation? And have we been birthed in this generation, in this moment, for such a time as this? Yes, we have been. So I think we all have to dig deep right now. And, you know, our part with Christians Engage is to motivate and empower people to pray, vote, and engage regularly. We want you in our life. We want to empower you to do that. Um, But most important, we want to see your families transformed by the power of God. And, And that starts with our hearts individually as people. Amen. And as you were speaking, what came to me is a verse from 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, which many of us know. And it says this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And so what we're talking about here is something that can be seen in the Bible quite often. Whenever people turned away from what was going on in their time, the vogue, the fashion, and they sought God, then God spoke to them, and he healed them, and he worked on them, whether it was King Josiah and uh, the abominations that he turned away from, or Jeremiah, Noah, saving everybody from uh, the flood in his little... uh... And I was thinking about this with Christy this morning. The ark is God's word. God's Word is the ark. And if we seal ourselves in God's Word, Mm. then we will weather every storm. Amen. So, uh, what do you think about that? Amen, brother. I mean, that'll preach. I mean, we are in the middle of a storm right now, and we have to dig deep um, and find, you know, like you did as a military person. I mean, when you're going through the battle, you find out what you really believe. <laughs> yeah, that is and true. And I think that's where we are in America right now. So we have to discover what we really believe, what we're really holding on to. And then we have to be those light, and, and we have to be that city set on a hill that's bringing and attracting people to the light of the gospel and to the Word of God. And if we do that in all these spaces in our life, whether it's our discipline of being civically involved or our businesses or our families, man, we can transform this whole nation. Amen. Yeah. Friends, that's the truth. And it brings us to our moment of truth. As you know. Nice segue. Thank you very much. (laughs) As you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at scriptures which inform our discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's word is our first refuge. It's always relevant and it never fails. And today our moment of truth comes from the Christians Engaged website, and that's Romans chapter 13, verse 11. And it says this, Now it is high time for us to awake out of sleep. Friends, the mission of a United States Marine is to locate, close with, and destroy the enemy by fire and maneuver. That's what Marines do. From the moment we wake up, we are relentless. 
Being a Marine changes us, and we bring that change to everything we do throughout the day and night. The mission of a Christian is to live out and spread the gospel. From the moment we wake up, we too should be relentless. Christ changes us, and we bring that change to everything we do throughout the day and night. Like Marines, Christians are warriors. We bend culture, politics, the law, economics, and education to the word of our warrior king. There is no place we do not go. We work six days a week, and we don't stop at the door of our work. We don't stop at the door of our schools. We don't stop at the voting booth. We take every opportunity in love and the truth of the Bible to shape this lost world. Either Jesus changes us and we change the world, or the world changes us and we're animals in the zoo. I understand that democracy is not perfect. I understand that our electoral process has flaws. But as you've heard me say time and time again, do what you can, where you are, with what you have. Had every Christian voted in the last election, the results would have been hard to deny. As it was, one in three Christians did nothing. And the results have darkened every area of American life, as you heard me say in that Edmund Burke quote, The only thing necessary for evil to triumph is that good men do nothing. It's our job to be those good men and women. Leave no stone unturned. Be relentless. Doing nothing is not an option. Vote according to your faith. And that's courageous Christianity. So, Bunny, did I miss anything? No, I think you spelled it out really well. And it is time for the church to wake up. And as we are those virgins that keep our light filled with oil uh, we'll be prepared for some of the darkest days, I think, but we're going to be we're going to see a great revival and a great awakening in the people around us. Amen. Amen. Very Chris. it's very exciting to think about the opportunity that we have as we wake up. It is exciting Amen. and I'll I'll say one last thing when marines find out they're being deployed somewhere. I don't nobody wants to go to war. But you're doing the job for which you've trained and prepared and read about. And now you're going to become a piece of history and you're going to go and meet with the enemy. And it's not meant to be coffee and tea. It's meant to be change. Our faith is about change. And at the intersection of our faith in the secular world, somebody's going to get changed and it's not supposed to be us. One person can make a difference. Amen. Friends, Thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM KKHT, The Word, at kkht.com, or on your favorite podcast app, or our website, courageouschristianity.today, where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.